John chapter 11 this morning. John chapter 11. Be reading the account of the resurrection of Lazarus. Uh, just going to read select versions from uh, verses from the chapter. Uh, opening will address other verses in the chapter uh, during the message. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 6, when he, Jesus, heard thereof that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Verse 11, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Verse 14, Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the, in the house. Verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, which should come into the world. Verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by now this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, 
I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. That they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your spirit who is here with us, dear God. Uh, Father, I ask for the filling of your spirit simply to minister uh, that which you've laid on my heart from the scriptures by your spirit for your church this morning, for all of us, God. We thank you for the word that has gone forth already in the adult Sunday school hour, the children's Sunday school hour. And Bless that word to our hearts. Help us to receive it as from you to apply it to our lives. Please be with my dear wife and fill her with your spirit as she interprets this message in sign language. Give understanding in that communication and grace there as well. Father, please be with uh, Phoebe in the nursery and uh, watching the children. Help her there and fill her with your spirit. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your faithfulness to us. And I thank you that I know and see so many in our church that are following you and just wanting to become more like you. And Father, I pray that would ever be our heart. And Lord, the days are not getting easier for that, uh, to live like you would have us to live. But I pray for the wisdom and the grace and the strength to walk the paths you have for us to walk, to live the way you want us to live in this time that has become becoming less and less receptive towards spiritual things, towards your word. Father, yet there's not a time when people have needed it, needed you anymore. Father, how how uh, we desperately need you to work in our hearts. We need revival in our city, in our land. And Father, we pray uh, that you'd help us to be a part of that. And we know that begins in, in our own hearts as we have revival with the ourselves. And Father, help us in that. Bless us this morning, Lord. And, and uh, may your word speak to every heart. We're thankful for those that are online with us today and for the, for the live streaming ministry as well. Pray all would go well there and that you would speak to every heart who's joining us uh, online this morning as well. We miss our folks that can't be here. Look forward to them uh, being back with us soon. And uh, Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. Of course, he'd already been in communion uh, with the Father and the Spirit about that. That was the, the will of the Godhead. Yet he spoke it out loud just for the benefit of those who need to hear those kind of things with their physical ears. And so it could be used for God's glory. 
Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But understand, when he did, Lazarus' spirit was just put back in his physical body. As far as we know, he was pretty much the same as he was before he died, except he wasn't ill. <laughs> he wasn't sick. You know, we don't know. Uh, we know that God at times healed lepers so that their skin was like a, like a newborn babe. You know, the Old Testament tells us. We're not given any details about Lazarus. How much that regeneration, so to speak, was. Just his life, his spirit was came to him again, and now he was back. <laughs> Frankly, where he started from right before he got sick, <laughs> as far as we know. Interesting. It was just a physical resurrection. He was put back into his physical body. In heaven, we'll have new bodies. When we get resurrected from the grave, we're going to have bodies that... <laughs> whew, we're going to be, have bodies like we never had before. We won't need cars. We won't need that kind of stuff. We'll just go where you want to go. We'll really be serving God then. But Lazarus was just, just put back in this thing. <laughs> to go on living for the glory of God. And you know I want to use this. Resurrection of the physical body in Lazarus case and back into a physical body as an illustration though of our Christian life when we're saved we are raised from the dead in a sense spiritually and though we're in our physical bodies there's still a great change <laughs> because a resurrection has taken place our spirit which is the part of us that communicate, has communion, can have communion with God, was dead. That part of us was made alive. And to have communion with God's Spirit when we got saved. And He put His Spirit right inside every person that trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior the moment they believe. That's a great miracle. A great miracle. By the way, far greater miracle than what happened to Lazarus here. By the way. We'll see that. So I want to learn some things from this. That I pray it would help us. It would help us uh, in our Christian life. I've entitled the message this morning, Christian, come forth. Christian, come forth. In case you haven't noticed it, we're living in some times where it's getting harder to do that. There may come some things our way where it, in our land, won't be so easy to be a Christian. We're having the be attitudes to the children in Sunday school. We, are, we, are, we may be facing some days where it won't be so easy to be a Christian as it has been in the past here. Does that change the calling of Christ toward us? No, it does not. Jesus says what? Christian, come forth. Christian, come forth. We are called the, the called of Jesus Christ in Romans chapter 1 and verse 6. Every Christian is called to live a life for God and to draw closer to Him. We're going to learn some things about that calling and comparing them with this resurrection of Lazarus. First of all, we see, number one, that the call of Christ is a call to live. The call of Christ is a call uh, to live. Mary and Martha, they said to Jesus, Jesus, uh, they said, well, he was talking with them, he says, uh, he, uh, Jesus told them, my, my, thy brother shall rise again. Shall rise again. I know he'll rise again. The resurrection, the last day was the answer. What was his answer? Verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He cries with that loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 43. And he that was dead came forth. Every day, as a believer, 
uh, we are called to come forth. You know, the Bible says before you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're what? Dead in trespasses and sins. And so now every day when you get up, Jesus calls you that were dead, what? To come forth. <laughs> I've called you now. I've made you alive spiritually and enable you to live spiritually. And I want you to come forth among this dead world. <laughs> And shine as lights for me. So that they, seeing that same light, can be miraculously enabled to make a choice about that light. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. Jesus and I, if I lift up, will draw all men unto me. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As the word of God goes out and God draws, you can respond. Person dead in your sins. <laughs> You're not a corpse like Lazarus was. <laughs> you can respond. God enables you as he draws you. No man can come to me except the Father accept me, draw him. Jesus takes that over at the resurrection. I, if I lift it up, will draw all men unto me. When God draws you, you can come. And by the way, that's the only time you can come. Well, I'll get saved when I feel like it. No, you won't. You won't get saved unless God's drawing you. And by the way, that doesn't mean God will make you be saved. He'll draw you. And like the Apostle Paul did for a while, you can kick against the pricks. You can resist that thing. Paul eventually gave in. But you can kick against it. If God's drawing your heart, what? Behold, now is accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yield to that drawing and get saved. Trust Christ as your Savior. It's a call to live. Lazarus was dead. He, decay had begun. He was in the grave four days. The blood which once was the life of the flesh, as the Bible says, as it carries oxygen throughout the body to all the organs and such and and proteins and minerals and such the life of the flesh the blood had now a different biological direction it now lay stagnant in the veins and all throughout the body depleted of oxygen and now is working to speed the corruption of the body so that it will return back into the ground all the quicker that's the turning point that had taken place in Lazarus' body when Jesus uh, called him out of the tomb. That corruption had already started taking place there. Uh, it was a miracle. They couldn't say, Lazarus, well, he just fainted. Well, he, 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 he was just in a, in a brief coma. He was dead four days. Uh, Lazarus' organ donor card had expired, folks. <laughs> and miraculously what? Jesus calls him to life. Gives him that life. The miraculous, is, the miraculous was necessary even for that physical resurrection of Lazarus. But it sure is necessary for our spiritual new birth as well. It's necessary for that. It's miraculous. And God puts that spirit in us when we trust him uh, to be our savior. The Bible tells us in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4-7 there, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That Holy Spirit inside your body when you trust Christ uh, 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 as your savior. And Romans 6-4 says that after that, end of the verse in Romans 6-4, even so we should walk, what? In newness of life. What's, what's God saying every day? Christian, come forth. <laughs> Go out there and live in the new life I've given you. In, with the new power I've given you. To follow me. The conversion. You see, Lazarus, he could live. He could, he could walk now. He could speak. He could talk again only by a miracle. And listen. You and I, Christian, can only live the Christian life by a miracle. Every day. 
That's trusting in the miracle that is inside you. The Holy Spirit of God. To apply the word to our hearts. To help us to yield uh, in areas uh, where God is convicting us. That we might do that which is right. And that we might refuse to do that which is wrong. It's a miracle every day, Christian. When you associate with God in that way. When you and I commune with Him, that's a miracle taking place. You're talking to your Maker. You're communing with the Creator of the universe. His power is working within you and I to conform us into the image of His blessed Son. When John the Baptist got put in prison and he sent some of his disciples and he wanted them to ask Jesus, Jesus, he wanted them to ask Jesus a question in Matthew 11:3. Here was the question, "Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another?" Jesus answered and said unto them, "Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight." That's pretty amazing. By the way, those that were born blind <laughs> received their sight. The lame walk. By the way, those that had never walked <laughs> from the womb walked. The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And I like this. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Go show John these miracles so he can be convinced that I am the one that you're looking for. I am the son of God. And among those miracles he lists what? The poor have the gospel preached to them. See, it's hard today to find too many preachers that will stand behind a pulpit and when it's not for money. Most of the big organizations, even that the carry the Christian name, are out there for the bottom line. And Jesus says, no, I... There are those that are miraculously transformed that they will preach my gospel. It costs them everything. That's a miracle, folks. We don't do that of our own selves, all of us who live and speak and witness in that way. That's a miracle of God. The poor have the gospel preached to them. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What? For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Paul told Timothy to, to, to preach the gospel, to preach the word. Then in Matthew eleven six, 6, Jesus says, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. That person who hears that gospel preached, when they don't get offended, but what? They receive it, they yield to that, and, and, and they, they, they reach out that forgiveness. Guess what? They are truly blessed. <laughs> Because they became poor in spirit like our beatitude. And they received Christ. They, 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 will, they willingly received that forgiveness. And they what? Become miraculously born again. They experienced spiritually what Lazarus experienced physically. Only physically here. Why? Because they believed the gospel. That's a miracle. New spiritual life that Christ gives. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe, 1 Corinthians 1.21. But it also has to be received, John 1.12. But as many as what? Received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. When you hear about your sins, don't be offended. When you hear about Christ's love for you, his, his, his death, burial, and resurrection as the, son of, the perfect son of God, receive that, don't be offended. You receive that by faith turning in your heart from, from, from the love that you have toward your sin, turning in your heart for that forgiveness, trusting in Christ, that miracle will happen to you.
you'll be forgiven, you'll be born again. And it's a good thing, because in the Christian life, you'll need lots of miracles. <laughs> and by the way, so will I. And I'm talking about miracles of heart. One place Jesus is talking about teaching them how to pray. He says, if you pray in my name, he says, you should ask what you, what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Most of the time, that's what we need, isn't it? <laughs> Most of the time, we think, well, I need you to, to, to give me this or change something around me, change my circumstances, make them better somehow. And what's God usually trying to do? Change something in here, isn't he? <laughs> He's trying to make me and you more like Jesus, every believer more like Jesus. But you can bet on this. Every believer that's earnestly seeking him in prayer and trying to follow him, when you do pray for deliverance in that trial, God will do one of, thing, one of two things. He will either change things for you or he'll change you for things. One or the other. He would have either give, given Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego strength to die in that fire or he would have pulled them out. And by the way, he chose to pull them out in that case. He'll give you strength for what comes your way. You'll need that miracle of heart as you call upon him. And so will I constantly. We sing the song, channels only. With no power but as thou givest, graciously with each command. See, we can be channels of God's blessing as his spirit flows through us. We read his commands and we say, Lord, help me to obey it. And we have no power but what? But what he gives and his spirit in us he's that life he is the life and therefore he's the life giving power of the Christian life <clears throat> of the Christian life <clears throat> the apostle Paul said what yet not I but Christ in me that was the power uh, of his life <clears throat> we have as Christians uh, the call of Christ is a call uh, to live it's a call to live secondly call of Christ is a call to light it's a call to light verse 39 Jesus said take ye away the stone and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with great clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin Jesus saith unto them loose him let him go the call of Christ is a call to light. Notice that he said to the disciples first, take ye away the stone. It was a cave, we're told, in the chapter. How dark do you think a cave is with a stone rolled in front of the entrance? <laughs> Pretty dark. I remember Brother Dennis telling me being down in that cave. where the, What was that cave where you can't... Mammoth cave. Mammoth cave. You get down in the depths of the earth. Where is that at? Ransom, Missouri. You get down to the depths of the earth and you can, you know, like Egypt, feel the darkness, you know. And just the tiniest little bit of light that's allowed in there is, is a relief from the darkness. It was dark where Lazarus was. He was in a cave with a stone rolled in front of it. And by the way, he had a napkin wrapped about his face. His eyes were covered. And by the way, he was dead. <laughs> and by the way, he'd been dead four days. Folks, you can't get any darker than that. You see what I'm saying? And Jesus, what? That light started pouring and taking away the stone. What happened? That cave filled with light. At some point, that spirit came back inside of Lazarus and that, that spirit of life lit him up inside. He came out. He, he probably had a lot of light just coming through that napkin just, just laying there. He might have been squinting from that. But then what? Then they take that off and oh my goodness. Talk about the light pouring in. The physical light. It might, it might, not, it might have been hard for him to handle. I don't know. But it's a call to light. Uh, uh, the call for, for, for a Christian. Now, Obviously, I'm talking about physical light there. 
But think in the, in the Christian's life about spiritual light or understanding. We are called to that light, especially, amen. Because now, we can understand spiritual things when you're born again. And we are called to what? Receive that light. Here it is. Thy word is what? A lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And we are just called to, to soak it in. For that light to shine brightly, to walk in, walk in that light. We are called uh, to the light of, of, of God's word and to understanding. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, the Bible says. And we're called to that. Understanding more light, walking in more light all the time, every day. Going out and walking in the light. It's not too long you start reading this book and understanding what God's saying. You realize this is a dark world. <laughs> and people don't live like this without the power of God. And they need to see those who do, that they might, that, that might be uh, uh, an impetus in helping them to believe in God. Understanding. Our, has been enlightened. We have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. Lazarus, now I want you to think, we may not consider this at first with this miracle, but Lazarus' understanding of his situation may have been a little more challenging for him than we, give, than we think about. Uh, Lazarus would learn what? He would learn, as he read early in the chapter, that Jesus, when he heard he was dead, waited two days to come and see him. He'd eventually learn that. Imagine Lazarus pondering what's just happened to him. By the way, Luke chapter 16 probably is one of the passages that gives us the most light about Old Testament believers after they die. Talks about Abraham's bosom there and you learn about that, another lesson. But I just want to point out in Luke 16 that a man, by the way, it was a beggar. His name happened to be Lazarus. <laughs> but the Bible says, and he was obviously an Old Testament saint. And, and he said, but now Lazarus, he is comforted. So we know that when Old Testament saints died... Of course, Paul says to the believer today, what? Absent from the body is present with the Lord, right? We know that. But we're present in spirit with him. But Old Testament saints also are still alive in spirit, but they uh, are in a place of comfort that we don't have as many details about as we do heaven now and believers now. But we, we can, we can uh, gather this Lazarus wasn't hurting. <laughs> he was being comforted. He had gone through this life, all the sufferings, all the sorrows that he'd experienced. And then he gets this sickness, and finally he's pining away, he's pining away, and finally ugh, he dies. And now he's alive again. And as he's enlightened... And thinking about a situation, I have to go through this all over again. <laughs> I made it all the way through there, all that suffering. I saw my loved ones crying and weeping and praying for me. I felt the pain of, of waning away. Uh, some people may have uh, been, uh, been, been close to death and have felt that. What a scary thing it is. Lazarus had gone through that and actually died. And then it was like, ugh, that glorious comfort 
taken out of this sinful world to be in, 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 in all the comfort that God had provided for the Old Testament saints at that time. And now all of a sudden, look. And he's laying on the slab of the tomb. <laughs> and he's back here. <laughs> in this place. That's rather sobering, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he would learn that he had to go through suffering all over again. He's going to have to die all over again. He'd face some other sickness. His body would get weaker. Maybe his sisters would die before him and he'd have to go through that sorrow as well. He realized that Christ had called him back to life and for Christ, he was going to have to face more sufferings. Isn't that what we're called to, by the way, in our spiritual lives? To be willing, what? To suffer for Christ. God calls us to do that, doesn't he? Remember Job? All those, God had blessed him so much. Put that hedge about him. Kept him safe. The devil said, what, let me at him for a while. What did God say to the devil? Eventually he said, okay, I'll let you. You can touch everything in his life, even his body, but don't take his life away. Job's wife saw him in such misery. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job said she was foolish to be thinking that. Job's answer in one place regarding his suffering uh, in Job 2 was, what Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? I've been living this life. The richest man in the East. I've got all these children. We're prosperous. This has been going on for years and years and years and years. There shall be showers of blessing. And whatever falling on Job. And he says, God's been so good to me. You think he doesn't have the right to touch my life with some suffering sometimes? You know, the parent that always just giving their kids stuff is, is, is not a good parent. They need some discipline once in a while, amen? See, once in a while, the one, the God who loves you is going to touch you with something you need. And by the way, it's going to be something that in the flesh is not tasteful. And it's called what? Suffering. Suffering for Jesus. These aren't popular messages these days. <laughs> uh... But nonetheless, we're called to what? Preach the truth, amen, and the word of God. This was the light flooding into Lazarus' mind. This is the fact. This is what I'll face. This light flowing in. He would think about that. We're told if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. Uh, <clears throat> he's called us out of, out of darkness into light. We are to walk as children of light. We know the sufferings. Uh, the sufferings are going to come. Unto <clears throat> you is given a half known not only to believe on him but what also to suffer for his sake to suffer for his sake it's given to us by the way believer the scriptures what are enlighten us to that we're called to a suffering uh, 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 for the Lord Lazarus was being enlightened to these things that which was ahead of him Philippians 1.29 unto you is given on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but to suffer for his sake 
wow, that's a load to handle. But you know what else Lazarus is going to discover as he's enlightened about his situation? What he's going to learn? He's going to learn that Jesus had perfect communion with the Father throughout this whole event. Remember Jesus praying? I only speak, I speak it out loud for, the, for their sakes. I know, I know that thou hearest me always. He's going to learn that this whole calling of him back, Lazarus from the dead, was the plan of the Godhead, the plan of his creator. That's pretty comforting when you know you're in God's plan, amen? <laughs> when you know God, the, your creator has something for you. He's going to draw some comfort from that. I know that thou hearest me always, verse 42. He's going to learn that Jesus loved him. I mean, in an even a greater way. Remember in John 11, verse 11, Jesus said what? Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Now, every Christian is a child of God. But every Christian is not a friend of God. See, you can be a child of a parent and not be a friend to a parent. There's a difference. A friend requires something. <clears throat> Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. <clears throat> what did Jesus say? You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. John 15, 14. That's friend. And Jesus could say, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. That's got to be pretty comforting to Lazarus when he finds that out. You see, Jesus came as a friend to Lazarus' tomb. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb to see his friend, Jesus. It's a mutual, glorious meeting of friends again. Because Lazarus walked with Christ before he died. And there's that friendship. That's the way it is with us. We're at friendship in, in a sense with God as we're walking with him. I was listening to, we were listening to Adrian Rogers on the way here this morning. And he was talking about his dad when he got raised. And he had a Model A Ford. Some of you know what that is. I, I don't. But he talked about this dad had a Model A Ford. And it had running boards on the side of it. They'd always be playing outside. They didn't have computers and TV and all that stuff. And, and he says when his dad would come home, he would remember. He said uh, if he'd been good, his dad would, his dad would slow down the car. And, and uh, Agent Rogers, he'd go running up. And he'd stand on the running board, you know, kind of reach in and give his dad a little hug or something as, as he's driving slowly back in the rest of the driveway. It was a meeting of what? Fellowship and, and friendliness. He says, but if I'd been disobedient, <laughs> and, I, and I heard, the model, I heard the, the, the model A coming down there, he says, I'd run and hide. <laughs> Lazarus could rejoice. Yeah, that's the way the coming of Christ is. It's probably going to be for some Christians. Because they're not going to be ready. They're going to be, the, the Bible talks about being ready, lest we what? Be ashamed at his, at his coming. There's going to be something like that, I believe. <laughs> And that sound of that trumpet is going, to be, is going to be first and foremost if there's time to react before you're going through the air. A fearful thing. But for some it's going to be glorious. I'm talking about believers. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. That friendship. Uh, by the way, he would learn that in Jesus' love that Jesus, by coming to Lazarus and doing this, would speed up his own death and crucifixion. This was a major, how should I say it, work of God here. God used this resurrection of Lazarus to draw the crowds to Jerusalem. 
and to turn the hearts of the scribes and Pharisees more and more against Christ so that he would be crucified at that time. It was an instrument in the hand of God for that. John eleven seven. What did the disciples say? Remember when they sent news that Lazarus was sick? Uh, uh, Jesus says, let us go into Judea again. John eleven seven. 7. His disciples saying to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Well, you're going to die over there. They're trying to kill you over there. Lazarus, I'm going to see him. What, would, what did, what did uh, Thomas say? Let us go that we may die with him then. This was a brave and bold thing that Jesus did, folks. For the glory of God and to use his friend Lazarus. And the Bible says that about this resurrection, then from that day forth they took counsel, the scribes and Pharisees, for to put him to death. That's Jesus Christ talking about. Counsel was even more solidified to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. He endangers his own self. And by the way, the Bible tells us that many of the crowds came what? They heard that Jesus was there, not only to see Jesus, but to see who? Lazarus, because he'd risen from the dead. How'd you like to talk to somebody risen from the dead? I've talked to people who think they have, but they only think they have, okay? I mean, Lazarus really had risen from the dead. And folks wanted to come to see that. He was used as a draw for the multitudes to come to Jerusalem. And by the way, many of those were the shallow multitudes that just wanted to see another miracle. I just want to talk to Lazarus. I ought to be good. What if you saw that light, you know, and wonder what? And they were, you know, shallow. They were among the, the same crowd that was shouting Hosanna on one day and crucify him the next. This event drew them here. And Lazarus could ponder that and realize that as the events unfolded. He could see Jesus' love for his own self and for those by the way, that were, that were around him. That, 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 that suffering, that suffering. <clears throat> by the way, he could see and learn, he would be enlightened that, uh, that God was using it for his glory. In verse 14, Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and I am glad for your sakes. Did you get that? Lazarus could learn, oh, you brought me back to help your disciples. You're going to use this for their sakes. You delayed so this would make them more spiritually strong. Okay, that gives me some strength now to face my sufferings. That gives me some renewed faith. I'm glad for your sakes, Jesus said. And by the way, verse 45 Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, what? Believed on him. Because Christ brought Lazarus back, many would more would get to go where Lazarus went. Did you get that? And though Lazarus, no doubt, was missing that place, I imagine very quickly, he had the comfort of knowing, but God's using it for a greater purpose. See, because it's, it's not all about Lazarus. And it's not all about Bob. And it's not all about put your name in there. God wants to use you and I, what? For his glory and for others. And he may lead us and call us and likely will through some suffering for that purpose. He did that with Lazarus. He did that with Lazarus. <clears throat> all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He would live a newfound faith, though, having been to the other side. Uh, he would ever be longing for that comfort again. But ever be mindful that God was using him, that others would may know, it as, may know it as well. And of the power that God would give him. He would be encouraged by what was coming. I remember, 
I forget which number grandchild it was, but uh, Rebecca being in labor, and of course they've had the five, and and uh, those of you and uh, Sister Stephanie would 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 relate with what, what I'm saying here. Uh, those labor uh, uh, as she's getting ready to have this baby, she's wanting the labor pains to come. You know, as men, we've never experienced that. Okay, the Bible talk. Whenever the Bible talks about extreme pains, what does it use for an illustration? A woman in childbirth, child childbearing. Okay, so most of us guys, we, we well, all of us guys, we don't we don't think about that. The women who've had children, they know about that. And you think they, you want that pain to come? Yeah, you know why? Because she also knew what was coming after. See, the pain would stop. That wasn't going to be forever. But afterward, there's going to be that child, that miracle, and that great joy. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Lazarus knew that it's, it may be hard going through these sufferings, but he'd already seen the joy. <laughs> Beck had already had several children. She knew what was coming. He'd already been on the other side. God gave him a little extra strength to get through the little extra suffering that he now had to go through. <laughs> Isn't God good? Giving him, giving him that. He'd live a newfound faith uh, in that way. One more and we're done. We're, this will be quick. <clears throat> the call of Christ is a call to liberty. It's a call to liberty. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. They took off those grave clothes. You've been learning in Colossians about taking off the, the, grave, the old grave clothes of sin and putting on the new grave clothes of, uh, of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all those things. Putting off the old man, putting on the new. Thanks to the light of God's word, we can see our grave clothes. Thanks to the power of God's spirit, we can put them off. Amen. Thanks to the provision of God's grace, we can put on our grace clothes. That's what God's calling us to do. The call to liberty is a call to two things. It is a call to love, and it is a call to labor. Where do we see that? Romans 6.12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. That's liberty. Don't be a slave to sin. Don't let sin reign. That's freedom. Be free from sin. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, Galatians 5.13. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but what's it say? By love serve one another. Liberty is a call to love and labor. That's what we're afraid to. To love as Christ loved and to labor in that love as Christ labored in that love for you and I and for others. That's what, that's what, we, that's what we are freed to. That's what we are freed to. <clears throat> Paul said, I, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord I die daily I want to put off this old man every day we think about that <clears throat> friends of Jesus at the resurrection of life uh, <clears throat> we're better off than Lazarus he awoke to the old life they to a new one he awoke to experience perhaps trials untold and weep over the grave of sisters and pay interest tears shed on his own. But they shall awake to weep no more. Lazarus left his grave and his grave clothes to assume them again. But when we have the, our, our resurrection, we'll leave ours forever. Amen. And what a joy and what a blessing it is to be a Christian. And we need that power of Christ to live in this day and to shine through us because it's getting darker. But with a darkening world, there's more hope that the searching heart will what? See the light. 
So you see the light is most prominent the darker it gets. The darker it gets. What we need to do is, 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 is to shine. Let our light shine among men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. That's what we need to do. Reaching out to others, sharing the gospel as God gives us the opportunity and uh, doing deeds of kindness and love uh, and mercy. Even to those who are, uh, and even in, especially to those that are undeserving, they may know the power of God in our lives. That they, they, we like Lazarus through our sufferings might be used by God to draw many more unto him for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And truly it was a miracle you bringing Lazarus back from the dead. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot that we don't understand about that. And we would be foolish to think it was easy for Lazarus there on out. No, just like we had to look to you constantly for strength to live for you glorify your name no doubt he experienced many more sufferings they even began to seek his life your word tells us afterwards we don't know how all that panned out but Lord we do know this that you know what you're doing you love us more than we understand. And what is amazing is that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Lord, we are to be stewards of all that you have given us in Christ. You have, we have your power in our hearts by your spirit. We have the power of your word to learn and to yield to it. Father, we have the power of Christ in our hearts to live the Christian life. We have the hope of heaven, the hope of all of your promises, God, to be departing from sin and, God, to ever be letting the world know that this place is soon going to end. There's a termination coming, dear God, and we already have a ticket home. But Father, others can be born again as well and receive the same power and light and freedom and liberty that we have to serve you in power even now. And God, you want to use us as a part of that, bringing others in, showing yourself to others, working so patiently as you do, a word at a time, a kind deed at a time, a trial at a time, drawing people to you that they might be saved. Father, help us not to be angry at you when difficulties and even suffering comes our way. We sing the song, Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, ere to take us from a father's hand. Toil and trouble will come our way, but it won't come our way without your love and your purpose. Please give us strength to receive that even as you did Job. And, uh, and Father, help us to grow through our trials, to be exercised in them. Father, that your resurrection power, the new man within us may be seen without. And that light would give more hope to others. That they would, hearing your word, would believe it as well and receive it. And those who've done that would be emboldened to let loose of the trinkets of this life, dear God, and to lay hold on eternal life and live for you. Father, do a work in our hearts. Do a work in the hearts of those who've been with us online. And Father, might you draw us closer to you, the soul that needs to be saved. Might they read a simple gospel track and they can receive it on our website. They can go anywhere and, and, uh, and, and hear the gospel. It's a free gift. Through faith in Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins is. Those who believe in Christ as a son of God, wanting forgiveness can just ask you for it and trust you for it, believing that Jesus paid it all.
There's nothing left to pay. You can't purchase it by good works. Father, we understand that if when people do that and trust your son, trust in the finished work of Calvary as the full payment for salvation, they'll be saved and forgiven freely. And then you will also call them to light and to live the Christian life. And, and you will give them the liberty to do that and the power to do that, even as we have seen this morning through your word and by illustration. Dear God, through Lazarus, Father, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.